Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hey parents, Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique in Oxford features the latest brands of baby and children's clothing, shoes, toys, and accessories. Check out Jack and Claire's Facebook page too. Jack and Claire's Children's Boutique, West Jackson Avenue next to Belk. This is Rebecca Turner and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We are joined by Rhino in studio. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app and, of course, your local Super Talk radio station. And you can watch good things. We're on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I'm not alone in the studio today. I'm excited to share with you a Vicksburg veteran who is growing locally sourced sauce with his Southern Siege Soft Sauce Company. Lots of the words. See, Al, I already got you started. You were worried about messing up, and here I am from the beginning. But joining us is Marine veteran Al Winchell. Welcome, Al. Oh, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. I love this. I love so much about this because you were not a gardener prior to being uh, in the military, correct? Correct. So when did you go into service? I went in in 2004 into the Marines, and you yes, served ma'am. through Afghanistan, and so you came home, and you guess you were trying to find something for a rela- for a relaxation and stress post-military. So how did you get into gardening? Well, after I got back from Afghanistan, I was wounded in uh, 2010. I was kind of looking for something around the house to do for uh, stress reduction and such, and so I started making, or started gardening, uh, just to kind of provide my own vegetables and such. Yeah, like a traditional kind of southern garden. Did you have like the cucumbers and the tomatoes and uh, all of that? Okra, tomatoes, you name it. I had all sorts of things at the time. So you got started out of nowhere. I mean, did you, was it like a big garden, little garden? Did you do the plotted um, buckets? How'd you do it? Well, I started off with buckets. It uh, initially was a small garden. It's kind of taken over the whole backyard at this point. Uh, and we actually have ideas on expansion for it. So. It started off with a variety. I ended up getting some uh, peppers from my aunt uh-huh. and decided to try to do something with them and started making hot sauce. So when we talk about peppers and then you think about southern gardening, here I am thinking about green peppers, you know, a variety of different peppers. So what kind of peppers did your aunt give you that you said, Al, like this could be something? Well, it was actually cayenne peppers at first. She went straight for the, for the good stuff, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good stuff. So how did you first start eating them before you decided to make them into a sauce? Was it, or from the get-go, did you get your first, you know, batch of cayenne peppers and say, this needs to be made into a sauce? Actually, yeah, we just jumped right into the sauce making. So I started making that. It was popular with family and friends, and it grew from there. Which grew into your Southern Siege Sauce Company, which you have now. Okay, so this is locally sourced and grown. What else out of your own personal garden, Al, is now going into the sauce? Well, I have some sauces that are jalapeno-based, others that are habanero-based, and, of course, cayenne. I have a variety of other peppers that go into each one of the sauces, like Tabasco peppers, ghost peppers. I've experimented with a few other ones, but they aren't on the production line yet. 
So when you experiment with them, what are you taste testing them at home with? Uh, just straight sauce. Oh, you go for it. You yeah. don't put it on bread, crackers, nothing, or baked potato. You're like, I spoonful it. Well, now I get, can survive it. Then uh, I get a better idea of what the actual taste of the sauce is, and then I can kind of come up with uh, what dishes it would go best with and whether or not it would be worth making a large production run on. I get that. So gardening for you, Al, was supposed to be therapeutic and and a stress reliever and it feels like you've turned it into probably something that has a little bit more you know stress involved in it than you may have imagined in the beginning though when you first started with your first garden and you first were having your first harvest and you were seeing you know you put something in the ground and it grows i mean did it provide you that sort of therapeutic outlet that you were looking for oh yes ma'am it did it allowed me to kind of focus on the uh, garden itself what i needed to do to make it produce better to uh, take care of the plants. So it allowed me to focus my mind a little bit more and to kind of cut out any other distractions. Which I think a lot of gardeners listening to Good Things would connect with you on that. I mean, it is it is something therapeutic to get out there and get your hands in the dirt and sort of watch something grow from nothing and have to tend to it and care for it. But it can be stressful if those things don't flourish. So it sounds like, though, you had a good harvest, at least the the, the first garden that kept you coming back. Well, I don't know about a good harvest, the first one, but it did produce something that kind of gave me a, I guess, sense of accomplishment. It was a rewarding experience, so I figured I'd study more on it and then do better the next year, and it just kept on going. It kept on going and kept on growing. Do you now do, like, fall gardens as well as spring gardens, or are you still, is the spring and summer kind of like your jam? Uh, spring and summer is kind of my jam, and the winter, that's when I kind of prep the uh, beds for the following summer, because I used to grow a variety of different vegetables and such. However, my garden now, if you go to it, is 99% peppers. I was going to ask, so you had to make the transition at some point to say, if I'm going to grow enough peppers for a sauce business, they're going to have to kind of take you know precedent over some of the other stuff. So, okay, so well, let me back up. Your aunt gave you the first cayenne. Peppers, yes, correct. Did she give you the plants or the peppers? The peppers themselves. So, so you made your first batch of sauce from that. When did you start growing peppers your own? The very next year. You said this is it. I figured it was something worth trying at the time. When I first started, it wasn't the entire garden worth of peppers. But I devoted enough space to it to make a few different varieties of sauce. And I uh, started trying different ingredients like Had you ever made uh, sauces prior to this? Are you good in the kitchen? I think I am. You'd have to ask my wife on that one. Well, I think someone gave you the green light enough to create a business off of your recipes. Or I'm, I guess my question would be, is that something you also picked up as kind of a you know post-military hobby as, as a chef in the kitchen? Well, when you're in the military, the uh, food is not exactly fantastic. So if you want to enjoy what you're eating, you kind of start picking up a few different things. So that kind of got me into it. And then... Uh, Food has always been kind of a gathering thing for my family. Mm -hmm. It's been an an important part of our family, and I think it brings a lot of people together. So we had focused a lot on food before then, and so I just kind of grew into it that way. Where did the first recipe for your first batch of sauce come from? I absolutely winged it. So the first batch was not fantastic. However, the next one was popular. I was able to kind of adjust that and... Because this is not like a, 
how I mean maybe you can explain. I'm thinking like you have your barbecue sauce, kind of like a dipping sauce, and then you have like when I hear cayenne, I think of hot sauce, which is like a you know your Tabascos or your Louisiana kind of sauce, where it's just a dab goes you know goes further than you may think. So where does your Southern siege sort of fall in? Well, Louisiana hot sauces have three ingredients. They're peppers, vinegar, and salt. Uh, these ones actually have a variety more ingredients like onions, tomatoes, uh, carrots in some cases, different fruits. So they are meant more to accentuate a dish. They do add spice to it, but they have a variety of them that are good on certain things and then some general purpose ones. Mm-hmm. So they're all over the place. Which gives you a and too when you think about if you're eating a meal that's not necessarily bringing you so much joy or kind of bland, that's when the different sauces can, like you said, sort of enhance. Um, and you don't want to always use those type for actual dipping sauces because then it can be very overwhelming. They're meant they're meant for flavor enhancement. I think would be a better way of saying it. Or do you douse like some of your stuff in it? Uh, well, the uh, roasted garlic jalapeno that we call swamp water, I will douse whatever I'm eating with it. Uh, the habanero-based ones, I'll just kind of add a little bit in because it, it will make you sweat. Or use it as a party trick. Hey, can you handle – how many how many dashes can you handle in your chili? No, you, you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. We're not recommending that you do that here on Good Things. But talking about, like, with your friends, so you had to make your first batch, Al. You obviously thought you were onto something. Who did you, in your sort of nuclear circle, start bringing in as your taste testers? Actually, my brother was really into the first batch that I gave out to people, the uh, absolute first batch I kind of dumped. But the second batch he actually enjoyed, and he kind of, by him liking, kind of gave me the encouragement to make some more. So, And my wife has enjoyed tasting it to a very limited degree. So uh, if you can get her two thumbs up, then you know you've got something good. Oh, yeah. Well, she doesn't like the uh, hot, hot stuff. So right. when I try yeah. to get her to taste something, she might be a little hesitant about it. But if she says, oh, it's got good flavor or it goes well on, you know, whatever it is that you think, okay, well, here's one for everybody then, right? Because when you have like a, you know, a series of sauces, you can have those that are just for those that are brave at heart or have, I guess, you know, a gut of steel. And then you have those for those who really are just looking for a very mild flavor. What's your favorite? Uh, that is actually hard to say. It depends on what I'm eating. Like if I'm eating jambalaya, then I like the uh, special harvest, which is the habanero-based uh, fish. I like the roasted garlic jalapeno or swamp water. Chicken, we have a, a jalapeno persimmon, and that one is great to marinate chicken in and then just kind of makes it juicy, gives it a little bit of a spice and a zing. And a zing. And so... Where Well, now you turned your hobby, you turned it into a full-fledged business, Al, which is Southern Siege Sauce Company, and we're going to learn that and more coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. We're on your computer or your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku and Amazon Fire TV devices. And you can now watch good things on C Spire TV if you've got C Spire TV. We are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And you'll see I have with me Marine veteran Al Winchell. He found gardening as a therapeutic way to relax from the stress of post-military life. And then he made it stressful by turning it into a business. Yes, it is. <laughs> which is Southern Siege Sauce Company, which we're talking about today here on Good Things. I love the name. So it's one thing to take a hobby that you enjoy and maybe you make it for your friends and family but then it's another thing to like you know put it on ink and make it a make it a business what led you down that route now well after i started uh, making the sauces and they got popular with family and friends and expanding some i figured that you know maybe i could do this as a business and at least pay for the garden itself and make it kind of self-sustaining and that's when it kind of grew and then it kind of took over the uh, garden itself and became its own monster. Which is which is a good thing, I think. I mean, you never know where it may lead or where it can grow from there. So let's talk about the name. I like it, Southern Siege. Where did that come from? That actually came from my wife. Initially, I was going to name it uh, Fortress City Sauces, but she decided or she told me that uh, she thought Southern Siege Sauces would be a better name for it. So... I rolled with that. You rolled with it. And two, your, even your logo and sort of the bottles that you choose, how did you source all of that out or come up with the process? Well, I wanted something that uh, kind of mirrored old Vicksburg. Uh, like I've always liked Victorian-style art, you know, the uh, flourishes and stuff like that. So I wanted something that kind of mirrored that but also kind of drew the uh, or connected the sauce with the history of Vicksburg. Which I think you did lovely. On our text line, Johnny in West Point says, have you ever considered trying for Shark Tank? I have, and that might be something that we do a little down the road, but we definitely want to get some more things in place first, like our equipment, uh, expanding our garden so that we have a larger production capacity. And I I think that would make it a better... what do you arguing point or so? Yeah. Well, you could go in and that's what you asked for. She asked for the ability to sort of grow and sort of expand all that. But I get that. And then you know you may want to you may want to take it at a at a sl- at a Mississippi snail's pace or Mississippi minute pace too. That's nothing wrong with that as well. Well, we have done that. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's not true. You you've obviously you've now got what I see four. You have four flavors in your in your lineup there. I think that takes a lot of work uh, just to get that up and off the ground, and it does. So walk us through the process. Once you have to first grow the peppers, what's the growing season for the peppers? Well, usually I start uh, about March, April time frame. Uh, If I can, I'll start the uh, seeds inside. That way I can at least get the uh, sprouts up and ready to go before we actually put them in the ground outside. Uh, Peppers actually produce quite heavily. So you'll actually start seeing peppers pretty early on in the season, and they'll carry on until the uh, first frost. So are you storing them? Are you making sauce immediately? What's your life like during the spring and summer? Well, usually now I have enough peppers that I can actually make a batch of sauce as soon as I harvest. Uh, So depending on how big of a batch I'm wanting to make, I can either uh, store them temporarily. Peppers hold up pretty well, but you don't want to keep them on the uh, counter for too long. 
Uh, but as soon as I have enough and I've identified what sauce I want to make, I'll go ahead and start setting aside time to make a batch. And that usually takes quite a while. How long does the batch take you? Well, the initial cook is not too not too bad. However, you know, the bottling process, especially, like I said, we're trying to upgrade our equipment. Our current equipment is me and a water bath canner and uh, funnels. And my wife helps out quite a bit there as well, especially with the labels. Her handwriting is much better than mine. Well, I can imagine that. So that so it's labor intensive, but obviously you were looking for a hobby. So it sounds like you found one that's keeping oh, you yes. distracted. Um, <laughs> once you make, how much can you make in a batch? Like how many bottles can you make in a batch? Ah, I see here. If I fill up the uh, pot that I have, I can usually make about 175 bottles per batch. So it's definitely a small batch hot sauce. I feel like that's a lot. But, yeah, but I guess if you think about if you could up your production, you know, you would start to triple, you know, even, you know, see higher than that. Where are you selling Southern Siege now? Uh, Primarily in Vicksburg. I usually either sell in person. Uh, We do have a Facebook and an Instagram. Uh, We are looking to expand that as well. Um, We're trying to find a commercial kitchen that we can start cooking larger batches out of. And then that's when we'd probably push a uh, website and start trying to push it out into stores. So if we're in the Vicksburg area, where can we find it? Uh, You'd have to give me a call. Ah. Right now we are not in stores in Vicksburg either. It's just uh, in person or over the phone. So it's a very small scale. That's okay, though. you got to start somewhere. What is the most popular? Right now I would have to say Swamp Water is. How, How do you name them? Well, Swamp Water had the uh, color of Swamp Water. It's not the most appetizing color, however. It's uh, roasted garlic jalapeno. It's a very strong garlic taste. Uh, Very good, though, not overpowering. And so I just kind of rolled with that one. At first, my wife disagreed with that one. However, I I managed to convince her on it. What's something memorable, right? You're like, oh, bring me the swamp swamp water. Let me put it on whatever you're eating. Larry and Jackson says, I like hot sauce on almost everything that I eat. What would be the most unexpected thing you would recommend putting your Southern Siege on? Actually, we've had some kids that come by on occasion, and uh, they saw me cooking and wanted some of the food, and they wanted to put the hot sauce on their hot dog and their macaroni and cheese. So it has gone on pretty much everything. So it would be hard to pick something way out there at this point i think i've never tried hot sauce and macaroni and cheese but i think i can't you know put it on almost everything other um like poppy seed chicken meatloaf spaghetti eggs tacos like really i think of everything that can add a little dash um a dash of sauce to that you know enhances the flavor or sort of makes it taste i can't think of anything really other than maybe desserts that it shouldn't go on have you put it on anything and you're like yeah maybe not next time no, I really can't say that I have. I've enjoyed the hot sauce on uh, whatever I'm eating. So it's good general purpose as long as you're not absolutely pouring it on, unless that's what you're into. But as long as you're uh, adding just the right amount, it really does pick up a dish. Back in 2019 when you started picking up gardening, did you ever expect yourself to be here with the business, Al? Have you, or did you always have, like, kind of business-minded? Like, maybe I could find something? I actually, at the get-go kind of just winged it and it's kind of taken me along with it so at times it seems to be planning itself out uh there are you know different definitely things that i'd like to see happen with it uh like i'm very much uh, tied to vicksburg that's where i was born and raised and i'd love to take more a part in the community there and uh, eventually open up a store downtown and uh kind of take part in the revitalization efforts there but yeah I, i can't say that i really imagine 
sitting on a radio show talking about it. <laughs> That's okay. You never know what happens. I love the fact that you just went to looking for something to de-stress. Again, I think you failed at that because you created a big... No, I think uh. it's still a, a much enjoyment. It's a redirection of energy is what it is to, to make a small... Uh, to start a small business. I love your courage, though, to start something new, which was gardening. I mean, you would have never gotten here without trying to find you know a new um, hobby or, uh, or something of interest. Um, when you think back to that first garden, too, I mean, you can't fathom the idea that you would be here now either. No, no, I definitely couldn't have. Um, and initially, I was just kind of planning on keeping it small scale, especially since COVID hit, uh, but ended up making a Facebook page that started getting a lot of likes and a lot of traffic on it. So I expanded into Instagram, and that, too, took off. So that has been a fantastic tool for me. Uh, but it's it's growing, and I'm kind of curious to see where it goes myself. Well, we got some folks curious about how they can get in touch with you. So you did say it's on Facebook, which is Southern Siege Sauce Company, if people want to go there. And they can like you and message if they are interested in a bottle because they message you from there. Are you open to shipping or mailing bottles? Yes, ma'am. Ah, see, there you go. You just made a lot of people listening to good things extremely happy. So hopefully they will connect with you and give it a try. I think that's one thing we all have. If you like sauces, you're open to try something new. And then wanting to support someone on their new adventure, I think, would be, you know, uh, write up a lot of our good things friends. Um, Allie, what's the best way, either either Facebook or Instagram, both of them? Either one. Uh, both of them have ways to contact me, either via direct message on those sites or I have my number on there as well as my email so i am pretty much open to any form of communication and if we are a beginner in the sauce world or maybe we don't have we're not um brave which one would you recommend as a beginner sauce honestly i wouldn't say any particular sauce just kind of come up with some ingredients see what you want to do and go for it i'm talking about buying one of yours oh buying sorry <laughs> i apologize i'm not making my own sauce <laughs> uh well it if you don't like too spicy, I'd say the swamp water. If you do like spicy, I'd say the special harvest. So, or you could just get both. That is true, too. So, if it's coming up, too, I can't believe Christmas is right around the corner. It sounds like this would make great stock and stuffers and all. We don't want to overwhelm you, but that would be a good thing, right? Oh, I agree. No, I agree. I appreciate your time, Al. I think you're going to get a lot of folks interested in your sauces. So, thank you for your time. And we will keep having you back here because we love to watch businesses grow. Oh, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate the time. All right. Stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Watch 
Good Things. We're streaming live on your computer or your mobile device over at supertalktv.com. Don't forget, too, tomorrow is Friday Night Lights. High school football is wrapping and rolling here in Mississippi. And you can catch a local game on just about every Super Talk Mississippi station. Plus, you can stream a ton of games and get up-to-the-minute scores from across the entire state just by going to supertalk.fm slash high school. Or if you've got the Super Talk Mississippi app, open it up and click sports, and there's everything you need to know. But don't forget, too, tomorrow night, that's Friday night, you've got the scoreboard preview show at 6 p.m. And then you can catch the Farm Bureau Insurance Company scoreboard show at 10 p.m. every Friday night, um, anywhere you listen or watch Super Talk Mississippi. And I can't wait to watch how his company, that would be Mr. Al's, uh, of Southern Siege Sauce Company grow over the years. If you missed any of it, don't worry, you can catch it back in podcast form or even on YouTube. But Rhino and I got uh, the, the privilege to taste testing the four sauces. I almost hate, I wish we'd have done it first because then you could, you know, you can think through or taste through the flavors. And what I love about sauces over just hot sauce when he mentioned there's only three ingredients in Louisiana didn't know that you can taste all the ingredients that he fuses or used or sort of in there and then you can imagine that on your favorite dish what was your favorite it's really tough to beat the swamp water but for flavor if you can handle the heat the habanero was delicious yeah it, yeah. it'll, it'll get you a little little sweat going, but if you can get past the heat, that habanero flavor was amazing. But yeah, if you're not a big fan of the heat, I would go with the swamp water, because I can imagine that going good on almost anything. Like, you could probably get away with putting that on something as wild as, like, sushi. Oh, that probably would be, it would be really good. I really can't wait, though, to see how it grows, and, you know... I love all of the businesses, big, small, and medium here in in Mississippi, who started out with just an idea. And it wasn't even an idea. I mean, he wasn't even looking for a business necessarily. He started out with this interest in gardening, which then turned into something, you know, he never – within – Pete's interest in cooking, which was cooking the sauce, which then led to this particular this particular business. And what I love about getting in on the front end of these here on Good Things, which we had the opportunity to do with several businesses now that have made their way back here after a couple of years and have grown exponentially, is because, number one, it, sh- it validates what they're doing. But then, number two, it opens us up the opportunity to support them because, well, there's a veteran-owned um, business right here in Mississippi that he's already sold to, he was talking about different countries, which are relationships he made while serving uh, as a Marine. But in Japan and other countries he mentioned, he already shipped um, his sauces sort of to. And I think, you know, when you think about, I'm not sure what a bottle of his sauce costs. I can't imagine it being, you know, hugely overpriced in terms of what you get at the grocery store. You know, you're fueling a dream. You're fu- you're fueling a small business. You're you know you're bridging a gap for someone who had a dream and a vision. I think that's that's pretty cool. And then talking about wanting to give it back there to his community in Vicksburg, I think it's just um, it's what this show is all about, right? Well, the show is also about giving you the good headlines from our state, and there's plenty of those far and wide. You just have to look for them. And I caught one over at supertalk.fm here recently. In fact, I think it was just dropped today, if you want to go hot off the presses, the digital presses. Breaking news. Breaking news, which it's, yeah. So, the, the tinkling <laughs> noise. Yes. Oh, I think I found it. Oh, did you? Let's see. 
Ocean Springs resident wins 10000 from Cruising the Coast scratch-off. She's happier about the headline than you are. <laughs> Especially if you have been to or headed down to cruising of the coast, you're like, man. But an Ocean Springs resident claimed one of the top prizes of $10,000 at the Mississippi Lottery headquarters after finding a winning combination on a $2 cruise in the coast scratch-off game. I think that's cool. The ticket holder purchased one of the four versions of the scratch-off game from the Circle K on Benville Boulevard in Ocean Springs. Bienville. Benville. Yeah. Bienville. Well, Bienville. What? Bienville. Yes, I'm very envious. I'm very envious of her $10,000 win, okay? You know, what's funny is they tell you where it's, where, and I know it's a big deal. I've had um, friends and family who have had uh, stores like that, and so that it's pride for them. Like, hey, look, you can win from our store. But then you think, well, what's the odds of winning from that, you know, that store again? But that's the... That's the little, what do you call it, that, come, that comes to mind. Like, don't think that way. Like, you know, they were excited about it. Um, so, yes. Well, so, I mean, the store gets a, a little bit of that, too. Oh, do they? I think so. Like, of that or, like, something with that? No, I think the, well, they the got her store that the sells first the time. winning ticket gets... Not part of that 10000 not, not part of her prize, but, but I think they get an allotment they for get being the, the seller st- of the winning ticket. To give you the seller. Okay. So everybody's happy. Oh, yeah. Except for us who didn't play. <laughs> Other, lottery, <laughs> Other lottery games in October include Fast Money, The Adams Family Fortune, and $400,000 Multiplier Mania. And tonight's Powerball jackpot is estimated at $353 million with a cash value of $185.6 million and then obviously you got Friday's night. So if you you know, if you thought about it and you still haven't bought into the Mississippi Roads and Bridges Fund, then now is a good time a good time to see that um, to see that done as well. Here's another good headline. We were talking about kids and teachers and things yesterday. But I liked this one. I liked that the AG uh, Fitch and football legends have a uh, Lynn Fitch as football legends, uh, Mike Singletary and Wesley Walls, they've announced a partnership with the National Child ID Program, and it is providing privately funded child ID kits to 41,750 kindergarten students in Mississippi. I think this is a really cool and noteworthy uh, program. You think now about all of the headlines that you see that are horrifying, or you hear of the worries and the, you know, the things that L parents on if kids get abducted or whatever it may be. And I feel like this is just a little bit of peace of mind if you can have one of these kits. Here's a, a, a unfortunate statistic. Every year over half a million children go missing. That will make a parent nauseated. And in Mississippi, approximately five per 100,000 people are trafficked. And 25% of all human trafficking cases include a child with members of minority populations being three times more likely to go missing. So here's the thing. When you have these kits, they're in the system. They know what their height, weight, looks, all the things are. They can be easily dispersed. It's just you're a step ahead of the game. You may never need it. Good Lord hopes you never do. But if your kid does, that just means they have the information ripping and ready to go if and when you need to, you need, you know, worst, when your worst imaginable thing um, happens. Anyway, I think it's a worthy cause. I think it's cool. And 41,000 isn't a small number. And it's almost to 42,000, really. 41,750. That's, that's a large number of kids to be impacted to have these um, ID, ID kits. Speaking of kids, though, this has been around for a little while, but I meant to say it. 
two thumbs up to John Cena because we were talking about this is actually John Cena, Rana, not not his lookalike. He smashed the Guinness World Record by granting 650 wishes for sick children through Make a Wish Foundation. Which and, I think the record was one that he set himself, and he said it before that. And before, he is far and away the most prolific wish granter. Which is crazy to think that children, you know, are some of his biggest supporters in terms of. Or, Children are some of wrestling's still biggest sort of supporters. And for him to make the time and the effort to go out and sort of do that. But I bet he wouldn't do it if he didn't recognize what that wish meant to the kid and sort of the family. So when we talk about, you know, Make-A-Wish Mississippi here all the time, you know, you think about like, well, does it really matter? Do they get a lot out of it? Well, obviously they do for someone else to volunteer that much of their time and energy to grant that many you know, wishes because you see the fruits of your of your labor and what it means um, means to these families. His target age of children to grant wishes was between two and eighteen. I mean, I have a three year old. I don't know if John Cena would be the one she would be you asking for. You you know, you wonder if that two year old who got John Cena was really maybe dad's childlike dream. But whatever, it makes the whole family. <laughs> It makes the whole family uh, excited, which you can, you know, you can get behind and support. It it may seem oversimplistic, and I know he's gone through many different times in his career and slogans and looks and styles and stuff. But one thing that has stuck throughout his entire career as a, as a wrestler perfectly lines up with a fascination that I had, and I imagine many kids had, with sweatbands. Because he always has the the sweatbands on his arms, and he's got two or three of them, and he always gives them out to fans and stuff. And that's one of the things that when he when he grants a wish, you're getting one of his t-shirts, you're getting his sweatbands, you're getting to hang out with him, and and just be a part of his world for that time. I just think it's really cool. I think it's really cool too that um, Mississippi State's quarterback Will Will Rogers. Will Rogers, thank you. Um, he's partnered with Make a Wish Mississippi, so it just goes to show you don't have to be the big celebrity that John Cena is to our kids here who love our sports and our universities. He's just as much of an impact showing up for Make a Wish as John Cena. So lots of good stuff. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm a morning time and we're going strong. Heading up down the river. Oh Lord, I feel the reveling. I feel the change on the you can now get just about every Super Talk Mississippi show on your favorite podcast app. That's The Gallo Show, Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Of course, that's here with good things. Sports Talk Mississippi. And don't forget your favorites, too, like Thunder and Lightning, The Rebel Report, even Eagle Hour. And then my new podcast, Tired of the Weight, that is spelled out W-E-I-G-H-T, where me and Amia Edwards, she's actress extraordinaire, we tackle your physical, your mental, even your spiritual health. So if you are on a wellness journey, 
you need to be with us on the podcast. So if you listen to podcasts and that's your jam, then just search us up, hit subscribe, and enjoy. Speaking of wellness, one of the first things people do when they decide that they want to be healthier is they give up noodles. And yes, I'm calling it noodles because it's National Noodle Day. And of almost, what, five and a half years here on Good Things, one of the very first dings I got from a, I guess, a disgruntled Listener, I don't get you guys often, but I tick you off sometimes, and it's usually to do with food. Is I got a scathing email on how they were appalled that I would call pasta noodles. Like I would use the word noodles in the place of pasta, and that I called, wait, what was it? Was it I used sauce, sauce instead of gravy? And sauce, the word sauce instead of gravy. They thought that I was a for food professional. I'm a dietitian. I'm not a professional chef from France. <laughs> or wherever at or I've never Italy. even heard Gordon Ramsay call it gravy. He calls it sauce. <laughs> she was very angry and disappointed in me and my degree and thought that <laughs> I could have done better with my language. And so to this day I get tickled every time I hear the word noodles because I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, you woke up and got offended by the word noodle today. <laughs> who has who's the one that needs a little bit of a little bit of health? And if the noodle lady is listening, I hope you feel better today. That you hope eat. you've had your carbs. I hope you've had your carbs. <laughs> your battery carbs. And uh yeah, here's a noodle for here's a noodle for for you. your favorite your favorite noodley dish. This is going to be weird, but if I think about the most impactful noodle dish ever that I've ever had, it would have to be the gigantic portion of mac and cheese that you would get at Outback when you ordered the kids mac and cheese. They gave you like it was a gigantic bowl filled to the top. With Matt with the penne pasta, mm-hmm. that was their pasta for the mac and cheese, and it was a white sauce mac and cheese. And I, I just remember, usually mac and cheese, especially growing up, mac and cheese was a side. You get mm-hmm. a scoop of it, two if it's a special occasion. Getting a whole bowl of mac and cheese, and that was just my meal. That was that was just mind boggling to me. Always and forever, my mother's spaghetti. Just I'm gonna have new like that's nothing's going. To necessarily top that. Now, if you're going past that, like a good, simple shrimp scampi, like over like noodles, you really can't, you can't beat that. Um, you can't beat that either. When it comes to noodly things, are you a red sauce, white sauce kind of guy? Right, I prefer a, a white sauce, like a cheesy sauce or a cream sauce, but I'm not opposed to a, a vodka sauce or a tomato sauce or anything like that. My fa- Mike from Grand Bay, favorite noodley food is lasagna. You know, you either grew, I think there's two two camps in the world. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But in your home, you either grew up eating lasagna primarily or eating spaghetti primarily. It feels like you were an either or, right? Like it feels like if your family leaned towards making lasagnas, they didn't make as much just spaghetti. Yeah. If your family made a lot of spaghetti, they probably just didn't make as much lasagna. But lasagna is like if you make that from scratch, it can be lab- it can be labor intensive. It's gotten a lot easier recently with the the ready to go lasagna noodles, right? Or the the sheets or whatever you would call them, the pasta. But before they came out with those, you had to prepare the lasagna noodles and then make the lasagna. Whereas now you can just 
layer it all in the pan and bake it. Larry and Jackson brings up the a Roman or ramen. You know, we all there's a there's some of us who think of ramen and you think of I survived college off of ramen or ramen noodles. And now there's the all posh group that says oh, yeah. we're going out for a bowl of ramen and it's much fancier Tonkatsu. and and can get really high class compared to me and my microwave. <laughs> yeah, we never had soy eggs and bamboo shoots and kamabaka and all that fun stuff and the ramen in college. No, no. But if you've ever gotten a chance to eat good ramen, like good, fresh, whatever, it is It is really good. Yeah, there's a big difference in a, a soup base that's been cooked for two days full of bone marrow and wonderful meats and all these flavors and spices versus a reconstituted packet of salt powder. When I see someone text in beef stroganoff, my main thought is hamburger helper. It's delicious. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend <laughs> offend your wife's recipe, but that's where my mind goes. I'm like, yes, hamburger helper. I hope you all enjoy some noodly dishes. Use the word noodle just for me today. Y'all stick with us. You got more coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from three to six. Rhino and I'll meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Mississippi Media Production.